Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be discussing the practice of releasing and how overusing it can cause damage rather than healing. Letting go of things or releasing what's holding us back is one of the most common remedies in the spiritual and therapeutic communities. It's become the aspirin of healing modalities. It's seemingly good for an amazing range of common maladies and recommended you do it once a day as a preventative measure. It's also, unfortunately, transformed over time into a ritualized phrase like have a nice day or God bless you or I'm sorry for your loss. It's become part of a social formula governing how we discuss personal issues in our lives. Rather than allude to them through euphemism, which in times past allowed the listener to validate and acknowledge us without having to act or inquire any further, we instead speak of our issues openly. We then add We're working to release our need for this issue, or let go of the behavior, which serves the same social function of assuring the listener there's no problem and they don't need to act or inquire further. Releasing what no longer serves us is a valid, helpful, and even normal part of life, which allows us to grow on all levels of being, including the body, hence our invention of the tooth fairy. It's a process which supports us in discerning when something which we were, experienced, or participated in, owned, created, or even strived for, has provided all it can to us. Once its continued existence in our lives moves from positive to neutral, our releasing process is triggered. We begin to evaluate whether further action can or needs to be taken in order to return the target to a positive state, or instead, we should begin the releasing process in order to prevent any negative repercussions. If all goes well, we don't notice or have any emotional issues concerning releasing. It's just something we do throughout the day, week, year, and can even feel like a relief and have positive effects. Letting go of a burden, no longer having to expend energy over something, making space for something new, all feel great and move our lives in positive directions. Where we consciously notice the releasing process, or lack thereof, is when we feel the negative effects of something which has not been released. All of us have experienced this at one time or another, The piece of clothing we're unwilling to get rid of, even though it's so old and worn out you can't actually wear it in public. The brand, store, food we keep going back to even after we don't really like it anymore and we aren't getting any good out of it. And of course, the relationship, which no longer has any relating in it, and we are just going through the motions because reasons. Letting go in these situations while emotionally or even logistically difficult, is usually also a relief. Like holding a heavy bag in your hand for so long your hand cramps in that position. 
removing the bag is a relief, although it might take a while and be a bit painful for your hand to regain normal circulation. Releasing in these cases is about re-engaging with a normal process, which has been taken offline. It's not so much trying to get something moving, which has been at rest too long, but instead letting go of the resistance to something which wants to be in motion. This can make the releasing process seem easy or faded or even magic in a way. Like karma asserting itself, once we make the decision, things go quickly and fall into place, sometimes with enough force we need to scamper to get our fingers and our feelings out of the way so they don't get slammed. It's when we try to use releasing as a universal healing principle, as a one-size-fits-all remedy for what ails us, that things stop being quite so magical, because there are many difficult situations in life where letting go will not resolve things. It's not uncommon for people who've had difficult childhoods or dysfunctional families to struggle as adults in a variety of ways. The pain and heartbreak of not being loved, of being abused, neglected, misunderstood, or required to take on adult roles require children to create survival mechanisms, learn dysfunctional behaviors, and mold their perception of self into ways which meet the needs of the family rather than the child. All of this helps them succeed in surviving childhood, but often becomes negative once they're an adult and no longer directly involved in the structure of their family of origin. It can also be a hindrance should they be required to re-engage with the family after a long absence or keep them trapped within the family against their soul's desires for freedom and healing. Releasing is often used as a blanket tool for working with these types of situations. People are asked to release the pain of childhood and move forward with a new life. They're asked to release old habits, ways of seeing themselves, old labels and beliefs, the ways of a lifetime so their life can improve. This, unfortunately, can lead to years and decades of frustration, depression, despair, and even emotionally abusive behavior as the person seeks to let go of a need which never goes away, no matter what they try. So many people spend more time in self-archaeology trying to find the root of their problems than they ever did surviving childhood. Releasing is only useful if we're holding on to something. If what we actually need is to reach out for something, then releasing is counterproductive. Often, the remedy which would be most healing for people is the one thing they are told the universe will magically provide for them. Validation, approval, love, support, acknowledgement, fun, and happiness. The message is that somehow if they release something inside them, which seems to be a behavior and is in actuality a cry for help, then the universe will give them what they desire. This is somewhat like thinking if we breathe out enough, long enough, thoroughly enough, then air will be pushed into our lungs. 
most people don't need to let go of their feelings of loneliness. They need to start seeking out good people to spend time with. There's no need to let go of the feeling people don't understand you. There's a need to seek out those who can and do. People don't need to release their struggles with trust, but to use their highly tuned radar which tells them who and what is untrustworthy in order to connect with those who can be trusted. Releasing is in no way healing when the feeling or behavior or thought pattern stems from a lack. You can't let go of something you don't have, or which is a survival mechanism attempting to hold you together. Just like choosing to no longer carry the bag in our hand, releasing works on specific things. We don't release the need to relate in a healthy way, but we may need to release a relationship. We don't let go of the need to be validated, but we can release our need to be validated by a particular person or type of situation. In fact, releasing works best not as a means to prepare our lives for good things to come, but as a means to clean things up after good things start to move in. We don't release our fear of the dragon before we confront it. We release the adrenaline and need to fight things after the dragon battle is done. The easiest way to do this is to reinforce the calm and quiet by acknowledging our accomplishments, tending to any wounds, and seeing the way clear ahead. Trying to force the adrenalized state to release is just picking another unnecessary fight and prolonging the battle to no good end. It's not uncommon for clients to describe years of digging into their past to remember, identify, and clarify what happened to them as children, or to describe in aching detail their relationship with an addiction or repeated failed relationship patterns. Each will explain they've been on the hunt to find the root of the problem so they can release the negative cycle and move on. In each case, they have not only found the root of the problem, they have dug around it, uprooted it, and all they have left is an exquisitely clean planting pot. There is so little left to be released, they struggle to invent one more atom of anything which could be the key all the while nothing changes. Once we have identified things which we think need to be released in our lives, it can be handy to think of them as signposts pointing towards what we actually need rather than gateways through which we'll arrive at a new and improved life. If the pattern, the behavior, the reasons why are all clear, then the releasing step has already been done. The next thing is to address the lack which has been pointed out by beginning to build the new life we deserve. The key is to stop focusing on what needs to be released and use it instead as an example of what we don't want to do or be or have. Want to have friends who aren't constantly in need or looking to you for advice? Then stop responding when friends ask for these things. Not only will you signal you aren't a source to get their needs met, 
you'll indicate to those who aren't needy that you're available to relate on the same level. Want to date someone who has their stuff together and will see you as a real person? Start acting as the person you really are in your public life as well as private. This will cut down on mixed messages and any ambiguities so people who truly desire you for you will know you're out there. Want family who will treat you as you deserve to be treated? Create one for yourself with the people you choose to have in your life. Family is less about biology and more about choice, hence the concepts of marriage and adoption. The certainty of biology is only a positive if the people we're related to treat us in positive ways. Something I point out to people who struggle with mothers or fathers who were unable to love them is there are two parts to this issue. The individual who stood in the role of parent and the need for parental love. One can be released. The other definitely should not. Our need for parental love does not end any more than our need for air. If we did not receive it as a child, our soul calls out for it continually, which can twist the types of intimate partnerships we have, how we interact with our boss at work, the friendships we enter into, and even what hobbies or interest groups we join. While some parent-child relationships can be improved or even healed through therapy or other forms of support and intervention, most can't. We can't force someone to love us or to give us something they don't have or can't be. What we can do is identify what we actually need, unconditional parental love. And instead of seeing this as childish, broken, or unhealthy, instead seek it out from appropriate sources. There are those who are good mothers or grandmothers who don't mind or actually enjoy taking in the occasional stray, no matter what their age. There are good fathers or grandfathers who work as ministers, mentors, or just an ear to listen who derive great joy from being able to connect with someone who is able to appreciate and validate their gifts. Most of us have people of this nature in our lives. Unfortunately, our attempts to release can keep us from reaching out. For many people, what we need to release most in our lives is our constant mantra of let it go. What we are telling ourselves to let go is our soul's urgent message to stop breathing out and instead breathe in. If we were to let go of our unnecessary attempts to release, just think of all the energy we would then have to create. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be looking at how our bodies are the conduit by which Akashic energy and wisdom are manifested into the physical world. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.